All righty. Good afternoon, everyone. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. As we get ready to head into Thanksgiving week. I think we have three games on Thursday, but it's looking a little uh, a little bit dicey at the moment, Wiz. How are you today? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Yeah, I think the game... I'm a little dubious that that game is going to be played on Thursday. I mean, it may get moved to Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or not even postponed, but it looks like the Ravens um, have cases that are, um, you know, it seems more and more by the day. And if there's more positive cases, uh, that's the word out that they're going to postpone that game. But, uh, yeah, you know, that game is played. I mean, the Ravens are at a real disadvantage not having Dobbins for this game and, and what he brings and, um, you know, if that game takes place, like I said, <clears throat> and they're down to, like, Edwards and Justice Hill, yeah, it's going to be an uphill climb for, for the Ravens to win that game if uh, if the game's played on Thursday night. And the Ravens are already going uh, backwards at the moment. They can't get that passing game on track ex- with the exception of getting the ball to Mark Andrews. Uh, so that's a big question mark. We know uh, Lamar Jackson's been extremely inconsistent. They're facing the 10-0 Steelers. And, you know, you've got a situation where you're going to be reduced in the in, in your manpower. So, yeah, it's a challenging set of circumstances for the Ravens. But, yeah, you're going to have to keep an eye on that. And we'll, we'll certainly do the same as we uh, as we will be pre- previewing those uh, Thanksgiving games. And right now, like we said, there is some skepticism whether that game can get played. I think the league office has actually already stated that if there's any more cases from here, they're not going to play that game on Thursday night. But you know what? It's been par for the course for, for this year. Uh, there's always some kind of situation that arises that, that, that the, the league has to deal with. Uh, amazingly, we've gotten to this point. Hopefully, we'll continue to move on and, and progress here with the season. But there are a lot of challenges that remain, especially given really the fallout that we've seen with COVID post, post-Halloween. And, you know, I would say there'd be a second wave that we're going to be contending with post the Thanksgiving holidays. So it's a, it's a challenging situation for the league right now. It's not a great situation, but nonetheless, uh, it, it's the hand that we are being dealt at the present time. Uh, yeah, I think where it's going to get really... Um it's it's going to become extremely dicey is as it gets these next few weeks right like for the NFL season like if something happens okay they create a week 18 and they move it but you know these are the crucial weeks for fantasy players end of the season and weeks 14 15 and 16 are the fantasy football playoffs so if there's a game that's canceled I mean, you know, that's 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 tough. I mean, especially if you happen to have a few a few you know stacked teams. Like, you know, I know that on on you know in, in my big league that you're you know I'm against you in. Uh, I have DJ Shark and James Robinson, and if you know Jacksonville gets into a game in the fantasy playoffs that gets postponed, move to week 18. You know, it really really can mess you up, and uh, I hope it doesn't happen, but. Just, uh, just thinking about all the all the scenarios, and it's, uh, oh boy, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's going to be difficult, and, uh, and hope that the NFL right now it's not even a week by week thing; it's literally an hour by hour thing of what you hear. So, uh, 
be prepared. That's all I can say. Yeah, look, this is exponential growth that we're seeing around the country. So to think that the the NFL is going to uh, remain uh, immune from it uh, is not really a realistic uh, situation. But we did talk about this. We, we know that the NFL had said, "Look, there's going to be games where teams are going to be at a disadvantage." And, and you know, to your point. You know, the, the Ravens, if that game gets played on Thursday or it gets played on Sunday, this team's going to be at a disadvantage at, at, you know, as we head into this week. So, uh, yeah, again, we, we're going to have to watch for that. So, you know, just quickly on the game last night, I, th- I think one of the most interesting things about the Tampa Bay um, Ram game, which, uh, you know, a little bit surprising to me, that, that, again, a flat game by Tom Brady, uh, that Aaron Donald-led Ram defense uh, you know, was quite effective in, in, in some of the some of the defenses that they were throwing and looks that they were throwing at Tom Brady. But you know, we talked about running against the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense all season long, and Sean McVay, to his credit, they didn't even try it really in this particular game. I think Jared Goff threw the ball over fifty times in the game. It was quick steps back and quick passes, and really, they said we're gonna we're gonna stay away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' strength. And we're going to try to play an effective and efficient uh, offensive game plan. And it worked for them last night. And, uh, you know, kudos to the Rams for pulling that off. Yeah, I, was, uh, I wasn't surprised that the Rams didn't try and run. What I was surprised is that the Rams' offensive line without Whitworth held up beautifully. Like, Tampa Bay's, you know, defense was, you know, okay, look, we're going to play a lot of zone. We're going to rush four. We're going to get that quarterback. And we're going to keep seven guys back. But, like, time and time again – Goff was able to sit back there, and then eventually, you know, you have two really smart route-running receivers like Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods. And if you give Jared Goff time, eventually, one of those two receivers are going to get open on every single pass play. And guess how many times it happened? Twenty with Woods and Cup and Cooper Cup. And uh, the bottom line was. The offensive line for the Rams was absolutely tremendous, held up, and um, no sacks, and they didn't really come close to Jared Goff at all. And, uh, that that was where the game was won and lost because as long as you know the Rams didn't have to keep extra guys in the block and get set all those guys out on routes, um, he was completely past his left and right. So the game, as it usually is in the NFL, was won in the trenches by the Rams, that's surprising, but tremendous. You know, if you add to the Rams, their offensive line held up beautifully. And, you know, is it a concern to you? Look, I, I, I sat Tom Brady uh, in one of my leagues, um, played, excuse me, uh, played Justin uh, Herbert over, over Brady and, you know, ended up working out very well. But Brady has been, you know, quite inconsistent the last few weeks. I think he's been unable to really um, – complete a lot of passes down the field. He's still effective in the short game. Uh, you know, some concerns, you think, with Tom Brady, if you own him and he's your number one quarterback heading into this uh, home stretch? Not really. Um, if the Rams have, you know, a, some defensive players with some amazing set of skills. And, you know, when you have Aaron Donald, and, and he, he creates so much – so much he makes it like a like a great point guard in the NBA who just creates for his teammates. 
That's what Aaron Donald does. I mean, if he doesn't get the pressure, if he doesn't get the sack, he's occupying so many players, he's setting it up for the other linemen. And that's what happened in the game. And you got to get rid of the ball quick. And, 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 and Jalen Ramsey, and they have really good players on the defense. So not every team has that skill set to do that to Brady. So I think for the people that, you know, are, are overly concerned about the game, I, I would I would take a step back and say, I'm going to tip you out to the Rams, but I'd be okay with Brady going forward. And even in his game this week up against the Chiefs, I think he'll put up uh, a big game. But we'll, we'll talk about the NFC, I guess, later. Yeah, we'll do. So, all right, let's let, let, let's go into the AFC uh, and talk about a little recap here. So, um, I'll start it off here in the AFC East. Um, Buffalo was off. Um, I think the one thing that I'll be looking for the Bills when they come back from this bye week is if they can actually get some sort of run game going. So that's, for me, is the one thing that I'm going to be looking for. I think it would be in the form of Zach Moss. We've talked about the player a lot. So I think coming out of the bye week, they're going to have to find a way to run the ball effectively, particularly down this home stretch here in the season. So that's what I'd be looking for from the Buffalo Bills. I think the most significant thing to happen um, for the New England Patriots this week, I think they've misused James White all season long. Um, they, well, they haven't used him all season long, but a season-ending uh, injury to, to Rex Burkhead opens the door for, Re- for James White to now become a bit of a focal point on, on a fairly inept offense overall. And the running game and the short passing game is what's going to drive this team kind of going forward. So I think James White, in, probably in a lot of leagues, has been dropped and is probably a free agent. So I think he'll be a very hot free agent pickup this week. So that's the my one point that I would talk about for the Patriots. Um, for the Miami Dolphins, I don't think there's much to really look at with that whole Tua Fitz situation. I think Brian Flores has already poured water on it. Um, you know, Tua did not play particularly well. I, they still need to find a way to get other players involved in this offense. I mean, Ahmed's been very good um, as a running back. Um other than Devontae Parker, it's been a challenge. They have not gotten Gesicki the ball enough. So I think we're going to have to see that that team kind of get other players involved. One thing I'd mentioned, Malcolm Perry is starting to run some patterns as a wide receiver. So keep an eye on that as well. And I think lastly in this division, the Jets. Um, look, uh, Michael Perrine was supposed to be, the um, Pirine was supposed to start getting the ball a lot more. It's not going to be the case. Uh, it's going to be Frank Gore and Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson actually caught four passes in this game. So if you're in a PPR league, he may warrant some attention. And Bashard Perryman continues to make some big plays here. Uh, at some point in time, uh, Sam Darnold will come back. But Perryman has started to produce as a fantasy player. So if he's also out there in a free agent, in a free agent wire, he may be a guy that you can go after. Uh, Wiz, anything to add to that? No, not really. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I just don't know how much the Bills want to really ground and pound. I mean, I think they should, but I just think, you know, they, Josh Allen just feels like he wants to do the majority of the running. So um, we'll see if that changes as the weather gets colder. The thing with Buffalo to me that is going to be the biggest thing is, is their defense can they stop people can they can they could become a better defense or more like their defense of the last couple of years especially last year so that's what i would add about the bills is uh you know can they can they trust zach moss running the ball and can they improve on their with their defense overall 
All right, good stuff. All right, so why don't you, uh, why don't you take us out uh, talking a little bit here about the AFC North. Now, we talked about this Pittsburgh-Baltimore game. You know, again, Baltimore cannot get that passing game going, so that's a huge concern for me. Pittsburgh attempted, it wasn't the right game to do it, but James Conner, they've not been able to get that running game going, but in this game, James Conner looked a lot better. Granted, it was against the Jacksonville offense. So I'd be continuing to look for James Conner to become, as, again, the season wears on. You're not going to be able to wing the ball all over the place. Ben Roethlisberger is definitely playing hurt. He's playing great, but he's playing hurt. Uh, so I would look for James Conner to be more of a factor as kind of we move down the stretch. I think the worst thing that happened to teams in this division, without question, we mentioned it the other day, Joe Burrow going down with the ACL and MCL tears. So it really, really hurts those those um, uh offensive players from from the Cincinnati Bengals and really helps out those defenses I think that are going to be playing against the Bengals down the home stretch you'll see a lot of people try to match up defenses against the Bengals now especially if you if they're streaming defenses I think you wanted to stay away from Burrow in most instances but that won't be the case in this time around and then lastly I would say this about the Cleveland Browns they have played in three lousy weather condition games in a row they played without Miles Garrett this week uh, he's probably not going to play this coming week as well. But again, we've talked about this repeatedly. This team wants to win running the football. They're going to, if you can get Nick Chubb in a trade, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, he will win a league for you down the stretch here. Trading deadlines are probably this week. But this team wants to stuff the ball down your throat, and they will continue to do that as the season wears on because Baker Mayfield has just been terrible. I'm getting sick of Kareem Hunt. To be honest with you, I own Nick Chubb. He's my favorite player in the NFL. And I'm getting so sick of this vulture coming in and after Nick Chubb kills himself doing all the work and it seems Kareem Hunt is getting as many touchdowns as not more. I mean, in the early part of the game, they gave it to him four times inside the five-yard line he couldn't score. I mean, I'm starting to lose my temper with this Stefanski uh, as well, Stefanski with his coaching as well. I don't understand the, the, the substitution patterns. Um, one guy's averaging seven yards a carry. The other guy's averaging two yards a carry. Uh, at the goal line, you got to have Nick Chubb in there. He's the better runner. He's the better runner by, by a margin. Now, is Kareem on the better receiver out of the backfield? Yes. But when you get to the three-yard line, you're not worried about that. You're worried about running the ball, yards after contact. I know Kareem Hunt had a great run for the touchdown. But guys, I don't know what his yards per carry was. It's not good, but Nick Chubb is just killing teams. His running is incredible. I think he's as good as any runner in the NFL. And, um, yeah, I'm just so frustrated with his yards per carry, and that it just seems when they get down there, uh, the substitution pattern is, is for Cream Hunt to get in there. So if uh, Nick Chubb, if you're listening, you just got to start running him in from 60 yards out and stop worrying about stepping out of bounds at the one. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. But, you know, we, we do agree that Nick Chubb is just a beast out there. He's just an absolute beast. So, I mean, you know, the one-two punch works for them. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think that's what they're going to do the rest of the season is – Get those guys a lot of carries. All right. So, uh, looking at the NFC, sorry, the AFC uh, South this week, uh, we got a big game in this division this week. Was we've got Indianapolis and Tennessee. 
that will be tangling. Tennessee coming off that big win th- this past week. Uh, unbelievable plays by Derrick Henry and, and, and by uh, A.J. Brown to finish the game. Indianapolis also won in, in fantastic fashion against the Green Bay Packers. So this is a monster game, um, goes without saying. The Titans will be playing in the Colts building. Um, you know, look... I talked about this. I thought this was going to be a Jonathan Taylor week, and I think we, we, we got a Jonathan Taylor week after all. So I was happy to see that. I own Jonathan Taylor in a couple of leagues as well. So very happy to see the way they use the player. It doesn't mean it's going to be the case this week. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. continues to become a focal point for the passing offense. Made another big play, a uh, long touchdown of 45 yards. And I still see him hanging around in some of these you know, we play on CBS, but I've seen his percentage of owned as a player way too low in some leagues. It won't be the case after this week. He'll be one of the hot pickups. He looks really, really good. Um, so, yeah, a big game coming up in, in that particular division for these teams. I think we may have seen the end of the uh, Jake Luton era with uh, four interceptions. It's actually funny. In one of my leagues, I, I mean, I carry, you know, we, we play our entire roster and our entire roster scores points. So I've been carrying Luton for a couple of weeks, but I let him go this past week. I needed a defense for hopefully if I make the playoffs in week 14. I picked up the Niners defense this week. Some people would have maybe scratched their head at the move, but I, I thought there was some risk in Luton having a rough go of it against the Steelers, and that was certainly the case. So I don't know what you think what's going to happen there. And I think no one should be licking their chops more. This 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 um, this Houston Texan offense since they got rid of the dummy uh, Bill O'Brien, who was a lousy play caller, uh, and I hope you're listening, Bill, because this is one of the things that you hindered this team with. Um, look, Watson looks great. Those players are staying in the field. Cooks has been on the field. Fuller's had his plays. I think one thing, losing Randall Cobb is interesting because he's become a good uh, fallback for Deshaun Watson. I would look to two guys to fill that gap up. Jordan Akins is probably sitting around on a lot of waiver wires. I like this skill set of the player, even though it's a little maddening the way the Texans use their tight ends. So if you need a tight end, I think he's a guy you could particularly look at here. And then the other guy who kind of showed up after he hasn't, he's he kind of been missing in action for a bit last year and a half, is Kiki Kute, uh, the, the receiver formerly out of Texas Tech, who had a good rookie year and disappeared off the face of the earth, but he made a reappearance. And with Randall Cobb being gone for a while, he could be a factor in this offense down the stretch. I think Kute, I think Kute got hurt as well. Um, oh, okay. I missed that. All right. Both players, uh, Cobb and Kute, I think, got hurt in the game. I think I, I saw that come across. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Texans' offense, I mean, they talk about a team that doesn't even try and run the ball. That's them. I mean, they, they don't even – Duke Johnson, they, they don't even try and get the running game going. They're just throwing the ball all over the place. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Cooks and, and Will Fuller look, look, look dynamic and uh, – yeah, that that offense is 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 absolutely clicking, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to see actually the first game on Thanksgiving if Kenny Galladay actually suits up. The Lions actually have a chance if he plays. Uh, if not, then I don't know how the Lions are going to match them point for point in that game. That looks like a mismatch unless Galladay plays. If Galladay plays, then I think it could be a great game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, just a couple of weeks ago, right, the, the, the Colts won in in Tennessee. Uh, remember, that was the game that I, I was so surprised at the line that they moved the Colts were like a small favorite in Tennessee. And, uh, yeah, the Colts are playing well. Um, the Colts 
I don't really know what they're doing with that running back situation. I mean, if you watch the game and you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, which I am in many of my leagues, <laughs> it's like frustrating. They finally gave the guy a bunch of carries. He looked tremendous. He had a touchdown and about 30 or 40 other yards of rushing that called back because the Colts had nine holding penalties. Um, so I couldn't. By the way, really, I could not. I could not watch that after a while. I, I was screaming. I said, "How many flags are they going to throw in this particular game?" Yeah, I mean, you know, some of them, some of them, were real legit. Like the, the wide receivers, like. I like Mike. I like Pittman. I think he's got a chance to be a good receiver, and he's a big, big guy, but he's got to learn how to block. I mean, he, he's not even attempting to block out there, so you've got to help your running backs from blocking if you're a wide receiver. And uh, Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating with Jonathan Taylor, but hopefully, like they're going to say, that's going to be the game, that's going to be the tipping point, and he's going to be all systems go. Um, and I think, the, the, you know, the Cleveland – Playing in you know in a great in nice weather this week against Jacksonville, uh, hopefully it could be a high-scoring game. I'm hoping so. I got a bunch of players in that game: Nick Chubb, Robinson, DJ Shark. So I'm hoping uh, there's a lot of offense in that game. And uh, yeah, so we'll see how that plays it out. But but the Jaguars, to your point, that quarterback situation is a real mess. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the uh, AFC West. Um... The Denver Broncos, first off, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Philip Lindsay started that uh, started that game uh, as the lead back. Uh, they ended up splitting carries between the two of them. Both of them actually had pretty, both of them had pretty good ball games. So I think that's something that we want to watch for to see how that kind of evolves uh, o- over the course of the rest of the season because he certainly looked really, really. Really, really, really good, um, uh, Lindsey. That is. So I like I like Lindsey more than Gordon in this particular backfield. But I was uh, impressed to see that. Uh, so that's the first thing I mentioned. And Tim Patrick, I don't know what percentage he's owned in, but this guy has basically been performing week in and week out. If he doesn't have a big game on the receiving side, at least he puts it in the end zone. If he's hanging around still on waiver wires, I think that's a mistake as well. Uh, big win by the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know that's, that that show just continues to roll on. I think uh, some people who lost a little bit of faith, and I think there was reasonable to in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's uh, usage. But this week he got a lot of action, goal line action. So I think that was very good to see that. Uh, amazing what what Herbert and Allen have continued to do uh, for the for the for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I mean. Herbert's going to break a lot of records here, and he's probably going to lock up the Rookie of the Year uh, offensive player because uh, with the injury to Burrow, I think it opens the door for for Herbert to do that. But just very, very impressive. I think the one thing to watch for the Chargers here, uh, that Aaron, um, Austin Eckler has been brought off of the IR. Now, whether he plays this week against the Bills remains to be seen, but that'll be a big boost for this offense because I don't know how much longer you're going to lean on, um, on Balazs. Uh, we know the history of that player. And lastly, you know, the Raiders played a great game, should have won the game. I think it was great that they got um, Waller more involved in this offense. But again, they're going to have to find a way here as the season finishes up to get some of those wide receivers involved. I mean, Nelson Aguilar is the one consistent performer here, but they've gotten nothing from any of those rookies on, on, on this receiving core. Yeah, I was surprised to see you put Waller to your feet at tight end. Um 
in in that game. I mean, I, I just know you can't really trust the Raiders with what they do on offense. You're never quite sure, but he is such a great player and he's such a weapon. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's more of the same stuff. You barely see Henry Ruggs. I, I don't know. Then we took him with their first overall pick. I mean, I don't know, you know, why, you know, why, what he's doing on the sidelines. I just doesn't make any sense. He's barely on the field. Um, you know, some mysterious stuff going on there. Yeah, Kansas City, like uh, we mentioned earlier, going to uh, Tampa Bay <clears throat> this week. That should be a, that should be a good one. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, I think you know, if you look at Denver's wide receiver core, man, there's a lot to like there. People forget, you know, Colin Sutton out for the year. He'll be back next year. Jerry Judy has looked terrific at times. Um, you mentioned Patrick, a player that I like. KJ Hamler is even playing well, and they got some good young tight ends. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do with their running back situation going forward in next year. I, I didn't like the number one signing. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I, I'm just surprised they haven't, like, let Finley just have – I mean, Lindsey – for Lindsay have have a chance with that running back situation. He just he, he barely gets double digit carries, and when he does, he seems to average six seven yards a carry. So um, uh, I agree with you about Philip Lindsay. He's uh, in my view the better half of the running back situation, but I just don't know if he's going to get the, the the lion's share of the carries. Yeah, that's the one tricky part. But he, but it was good. It was encouraging to see him utilized a little bit more in, in this particular game. And that's a big win for the Broncos in general. The Dolphins came in a really hot team, playing well on the defensive side of the football. And you know, look, the Broncos stuck it to them this week. They they played a very very good football game. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. Yep, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it just seems to be like. Uh, some pressure mounting up, if you will, on Brady, and now he has to match Mahomes. So I don't know what's going to happen that one. That should be a fun game. Absolutely. Yep. No question about it. And the Chiefs, like I said, you know, Andy Reid. It's tough to bet against that team off a of bye week. Andy Reid, I think, is now twenty and three, if I'm not mistaken, off of a bye week, which is uh, that's an impressive feat. So they're playing. They're playing some very good football. They've got a lot of weapons on this team. Uh, they're going to be just very, very difficult to contend with uh, as as we wind down in the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about this. We talked about this in the off season, and the AFC West teams, their philosophy changed. Their philosophy used to be like, okay, let's try and grind out these games. Let's try and see if we could slow Kansas City down. And then all of these teams said, what on earth are we doing? We have no chance of doing that. You can't hold him down. Our only chance is to match him. And if you look at Denver, the Chargers, and the Raiders, they are just going all offense, and that's the game plan. And it's really, you know, an interesting division. If you look at the Raiders' skilled players and and the Chargers with Herbert and Denver with their skilled players and their wide receivers, that is probably a division that, you know, like me and you remember that what that, that division used to look like with the old Raiders and Broncos back in the day. But times have changed, and that's probably the most offensive division in football now. 
Yeah, it is. It, it is. It's. A, it, it is. They. They. All those teams n- felt that they needed to fight fire with fire, and that's uh, and that's what's going on. But you know, to your point, do you think Drew Locke is going to be the answer at quarterback here? I, I remember you talking on one of our podcasts about the potential uh, for Aaron Rodgers to to land in Denver, and I can only yeah, imagine. I'm wondering if things. You know, yeah, I still think that that could be a landing spot. If it goes south, Aaron Rodgers, and the season for Green Bay does not end well, <clears throat> I could see a veteran quarterback going in there if, if the Broncos don't feel locked on. I'm just telling you something about Drew Locke. He's, he, he, the same thing is happening to him now as, as in Missouri in college is that he, he has – glimpses of greatness but he is so careless and he he thinks that he's better than he is sometimes and thinks he can make throws that he just can't it's what haunted him in college and what is haunting him in the pros and if that continues i could see denver saying look we have tremendous young receivers which we do we got to get somebody to get those guys the ball so i think that could work out um and it's, it's not Rodgers, it may be somebody else, but I think it's something to keep your eye on with the Broncos. All right, good stuff. Uh, I don't have anything more to add on the AFC. If you, if you do, uh, you can please add it here. Um, otherwise, we will move on to our next podcast, which we will discuss uh, what happened in the NFC this past week. But this is the Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. And uh, we'll look forward to talking about the NFC with you folks. You got it.